Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to The New Jesus. I'd like to spend a few minutes today uh, starting a discussion about atheism. We are looking at deep topics, controversial topics, uh, topics that are um, playing an important part in our society, um, those kinds of things. But I really am hoping these will just be discussion starters. I'm not saying I've got the answers. Please don't just accept my two cents. You need to look at it for yourself. Okay, um, based on statistics, about 3% of the population are atheists, um, meaning 97% are not. Uh, the number one atheist country in the world appears to be France, uh, from at least from my research. About 4% of the population would call themselves agnostic, which means uh, they don't really believe anything in particular. They believe that um, I am here. Uh, they believe in, in what they can see. They walk by sight, and that's kind of the atheist thing too, is uh, we believe in what uh, we can see and prove in evidence, in a laboratory, or in nature, and anything that we can't, um, we're not believing in it. It may be possible, but we want the evidence before we're going to believe that, okay? So even if you include agnostic with atheists, you're still looking at 7% of the population, which means 93% do believe in a God or spiritual reality. Okay, why is that important? I've talked about it a whole lot. Um, it's important because all throughout history, the most predominant view on virtually any and every issue is the one that there was the most empirical evidence about. Okay, uh, we thought the earth was flat because it looked flat. All right, we thought the earth, uh, everything revolved around the earth 
because that's what it looked like. We didn't have uh, the uh, satellites then and telescopes and all that sort of thing to be able to see. When we, when we were able to see that that wasn't the truth, yeah, we changed our view, but not until we were able to see, oh, it's not flat, it's round, and everything doesn't revolve around us. We're one of the things that revolves around other things. And if you remember, people were put in jail and all kinds of stuff for suggesting what ended up being the truth at a time when they did not have the empirical evidence for it. Uh, people were burned at the stake uh, for those same kind of things, all right? But let's get back to atheism, which uh, in my research was about the number 10 most controversial issue these days. Certainly not one of the top hot topics right now, but still a, uh, a significant area in life if it's number 10. In 1779, Thomas Jefferson wrote, It is no injury to me if my neighbor says no God or 20. He doesn't pick my pocket and he doesn't break my leg. All right? I like that. All right? Um, James Madison in 1785 wrote, All are free to eat and eat, eat. I'm sorry, let me start over. All are free and equally entitled to the free exercise according to their conscience when it comes to religion, worldview, etc. All are free equally, but he does bring in according to their conscience, which is interesting to me because um, uh, an ancient manuscript says our conscience is the law that is written on the heart by God. Okay, so that's an interesting kind of conundrum that James Madison is saying it's according to the conscious, conscience, but ancient manuscripts say the conscience, the information from the conscience is from God. All right? Interesting. The Bill of Rights, Congress shall make no laws regarding, restricting, any of that, the free exercise of religion. No laws. And that's been a pretty controversial thing, as some people say, well, that's not a law restricting religion, but a religious member said, or, or religious priest or pastor or whatever says, yes, it is restricting. So then they get into, okay, what's restricting and what's not restricting? Where's that separation of church and state? Some say it doesn't exist. Some say it does. But it sure seems clear that the early intention of the Founding Fathers was to restrict it to protect the free exercise of religion, not to protect those who do not believe in religion. Now, they can do whatever they want to, and they can live according to their conscience, which is to believe there is no God or, or, or whatever, but them practicing that cannot impede on the free exercise of religion for those who do believe. All right? Hope that makes sense. In the 20th century, the debate has started to become, well, more than started. We're, we're there, and, and it, in a sense, it's been decided. But in the 20th century, it shifted to, is atheism a religion? 
And 2005, a landmark case, Kaufman versus McCautry. Atheism was identified by a judge written into law. At, it's identified as a religion. Now, when you read further in that, I think part of that is that, well, atheism is a worldview just like religion is a worldview. So even if it's not a religion, it still needs to have the same protections of a religion because those people say they are acting according to their conscience as well. But that brings up another interesting conundrum where now in law, atheism is identified as a religion, but the definition of atheism is not believing in religion or a god. So um, they kind of said something that really is not true based on the definitions of the words, I, be, I believe mainly just so the atheist position and worldview would have the same protections under law as religion would. I, I, I have no issue with that at all. Okay, I believe, um, my two cents, I believe that my job is to love you. Period. That's it. My job's not to convert you. My job's not to judge you. My job is not to write in a blog about you. My job is to love you. Period. Uh, that benefits you and me. If I hate you, if I see you as my enemy, if I'm angry at you, if I have unforgiveness for you, it hurts me. And it hurts you. It hurts me more than you, but it will hurt you too because we're connected. That's Albert Einstein's action at a distant experiment back in 1935. All right? We're connected, uh, all of us, but especially to people you know. The more, the, the, more, the more you know them, the closer to them, either in negative emotion or positive emotion, the more connected you are to them. And their... their um, Thoughts and feelings can affect my physiology. My thoughts and feelings can affect their physiology. And we don't even have to be together. All right? And uh, you may need to look at some old uh, teachings for that to make sense. We uh, went all through that. But anyway, anyway, um, my job is to love. Period. Um, I shared in at least one teaching uh, some time ago that I was at a maximum security prison doing a... Um, a teaching and a book signing is the best audience I've ever had. Wonderful people. Man, what a great day that was. And uh, I happened to be there a lot of the day with a Muslim iman. Hope I'm saying that right. Which is kind of their minister, preacher, pastor, priest, whatever. And he was doing a teaching too. And um, anyway, a lot of the time, like when they were eating lunch or switching from, you know, one hour to another. Things are very, very structured in a high-security prison. Um, some, uh, we had a lot of time, the Iman and I, just kind of sit, sitting to the side, waiting for the next thing that we were supposed to do. So we talked quite a bit, and I really liked the guy. Uh, wonderful, kind-hearted, kind eyes, had light in his eyes, um, really liked him a lot. And uh, at one point, 
um, after I felt like we'd kind of become friends, um, and this is one of my faults probably, Hope says, I'm always pushing. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to always be pushing, but um, I guess in a sense, she's right. So anyway, I guess I was pushing. And I said, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, do you believe based on your book and your tradition that you are supposed to kill me? And his boy, as you might guess, his face totally changed and took him a good while to answer. Uh, he did not cry, but I did at least think I saw some welling up in his eyes. And he said, Alex, if I'm completely honest, yes, I do believe that, but I promise you that I am not and would never do that and consider you a friend. And we hugged, and I tell you what, that meant the world to me, really did. And then I told him, well, thank you so very much. I believe it's my job to love you no matter what. And he hugged me again after I said that and said, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, God, my view of God is that God gives everyone their own free will choice to, love, to choose love or fear. And that God made the conscience, he programmed the conscience to be the law that is written on the heart, and so that what comes from the conscience is true and it's from God. That's just, that's what I believe, all right? But God gives everyone the right to obey their conscience or go against it, to um, choose love or choose fear and selfishness. And it's really a choice, to me, between sight and faith. The thing we have the most empirical evidence about, in one sense, is that there is no God because we can't see him. On the other hand, the thing that some scientists, like John Clayton, like C.S. Lewis, um, uh, there have been many of them, Og Mendino, uh, that some atheists have put pencil to paper from an evident science-based perspective and come to the conclusion that what the evidence does support is that there is a God and what it does not support is this all just happened by chance based on the evidence. Now, the other side would, I'm sure, and I've read a lot of it, say, well, our evidence says the opposite, that the evidence says there's not a God and this all just happened by um, survival of the fittest and evolution. Uh, the issue I have with that, and I'm not going to go into detail because I have before when it was more the, the focus of the teaching, but the issue I have with that is at, at the crisis time in my life, when I hit rock bottom, I threw everything overboard. I threw my beliefs about God, my worldview, religion, church, 
everything overboard because nothing was working in my life and I was trying. Okay? So if it's not working, I, I, something's wrong. So I threw everything overboard, started over reading all the religious texts, all the possible worldviews, etc. And the criteria I had, because I would be considered a scientist. I have a, a doctorate in psychology, which is a science, another doctorate uh, as a physician in natural medicine, which is a science. So I would be considered a scientist, okay, by my degrees, credentials, practice, experience, etc. Um, to me, we are built, the way our body is made and built is that we work correctly when we choose love and are living on what I would call a primarily love-truth path. Okay? Uh, we're not in stress. We have positive thoughts, positive emotions, positive chemistry, positive hormones, immune systems, working good. Uh, if we start choosing and living fear or what you might call selfishness, fear when your life's not in danger, and selfishness, seek pleasure, avoid pain, if we live there, we immediately start to malfunction because that's where stress comes from. The other name for stress response, the fear response. The hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is the clinical name. Um, fight or flight, uh, all, all the same thing. Okay, but fear, anxiety, focused in the future, focused in the past, all of those things, trying to control end results, put us into stress. And, and we know this is old news that up to 95% of all illness and disease, negative emotions, negative feelings, negative thoughts, negative chemistry, negative hormones, negative immune and healing systems, those come from stress. All right? And stress comes from seek pleasure, avoid pain, what's in it for me, instant gratification, etc. All right. So, that was my thing, is we work correctly, our physical body and mind work correctly when we choose love. It malfunctions when we're choosing fear, selfishness, seek pleasure, avoid pain. Okay? Well, the operating system of evolution is um, survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest is not love. Survival of the fittest is seek pleasure, avoid pain. So, if we evolved and there is no God, then survival of the fittest should be how our body and mind work correctly. It's not. It's how, the, it's how we malfunction. If we are on the love, truth path, that's when our body works correctly and we don't get sick and all the positive stuff and, and that sort of thing. So. As I, was, as, as I threw everything overboard and was doing my search, my criteria was, I believe, whatever the true worldview is, and there has to be one because I'm here, and so are you, 
and so is the grass and the trees. And okay, so there has to be a worldview that is the truth because we're here. All right, um, whatever that is, it has to be love based because that's how we work. If we've evolved, that's how we've evolved. Okay, we don't evolve to love from seek pleasure, avoid pain, survival of the fittest. No. Uh, you might evolve to fake love, where you say, okay, I will act toward you in love. I'll be really kind because that gets me what I want. Then you're kind back to me. We get married. We have children. We go to movies together, blah, blah, blah. You know, so yeah, I will say I love you all day long, but really it's not love. It's selfish, seek pleasure, avoid pain. How can you tell? Because when you don't do what I want, I experience something in the anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness, pretty extreme anxiety, and I'm upset and something's got to change, all right? Because you are keeping me from what I want. You're, you're messing up my pain-pleasure paradigm, and that's not okay. Well, that's not love. That's not love. That's seek pleasure, avoid pain. That's, that's selfish. That is, and that's how we start to malfunction, okay? Um, if I'm living in love and you don't do what I want you to do, I'm disappointed, maybe, but then in a few minutes or a day or two, I'm bounced back, I forgive easily, that's okay, water under the bridge, let's hug, make up, go again. Well, that doesn't stress me. That, my, my brain doesn't turn on the stress mechanism or it turns it off as I d handle it that way. All right? So the way our body and mind work is inconsistent with atheism and evolution and seek pleasure, avoid pain from best I can tell. Now, I know I'm biased and prejudiced. But, and then we work correctly if we're on a love and truth path. Okay. Um, so that was my search. Uh, what is the worldview that is love-based, that is truth-based, because truth points the way to love, falsehood points the way to fear. The problem with every memory or belief that has a problem is an untruth. All right. So love, truth. Number three is justice. There has to be justice, okay? And then the fourth is grace. Love would always choose grace for the object of its love. It would not choose condemnation or punishment. It would choose grace, all right? So was there a worldview that had those four things? So that was my criteria. Could I find a worldview with those variables and factors? and it really be true uh, about it. And um, that search and, and all probably took me a good year and a half. And I was probably devoting three hours a day to it with uh, a spiritual mentor on my own. And then the last six months of that was waking up 
um, with night terrors, night sweats, as this internal spiritual battle, I believe, was going on inside me. So to me, um, the evidence that we have for there being a God um, and spiritual reality is love. That if we had just evolved, if there was no God, if we had, you know, uh, survival of the fittest evolution, um, the way we work correctly should be seek pleasure, avoid pain, fear. That should be how we work best. But we don't. So, um, uh, I was, I, I did look at one um, uh, atheist um paper that had been done, and uh, I, I do not at all mean to belittle anyone's beliefs at all. Uh, again, my job is to love you, period. But in this paper, the atheist was writing and making a case that uh, there absolutely may be aliens, but it's impossible that there's a God. And when he and when the another person asked him, "Can you explain that? Can you explain the rationale, logic, whatever?" He did, but uh, to me, it didn't seem like he believed it himself. It, it, it's and I may be way off there, but it seemed like even as he was explaining that view, he was kind of thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying these words, but I'm not sure they make a whole lot of sense. Um, and I may be really reaching there. Please forgive me if I am. Um, but I do believe love is the best evidence of a God or spiritual reality. And that is how we're built and work correctly. And it's the only way we work correctly. Okay. So if you are an atheist and watch this, my message to you is I love you just the way you are. I believe God loves you just the way you are. Um, and if we ever have an uh, opportunity to cross paths, I will try to show that to you. Um, and, um, and would look forward to meeting you and having a conversation. Not to try to convert you, just to... Uh, conversation between two kind people of integrity trying to get to the source of an issue. I would love that. So, but anyway, um, think about that this week. Uh, if you are an atheist, uh, maybe let me know how I'm wrong about this, and I'm sure I, I'm sure I am in some ways, or, or an agnostic. If you have questions, let me know. And if you do believe in a God or spiritual reality, have you been on that search yourself to prove that to yourself? Because there's a level, I believe, of knowing that is even beyond believing. That you have to find the truth, all the relevant facts. The word integrity means the whole truth, so you can't stop till you feel like you got the whole truth. So you got all the facts, the whole truth, you believe it, 
after you believe it, you walk through that door, start experiencing it. Now you know it. You don't just believe it. What's the difference? I had a very famous preacher at one of my workshops. He was sitting on the second row. Everyone there knew who he was. Really nice guy. I really have a lot of respect for him. We were at a certain place in the workshop, and I asked him if I could uh, use him as an example and ask him a question. He said I could. So he stood up, and I said, okay, let's say your teenage son comes to you and says, hey, Dad, how will I know when I've found the one? He was dating a girl, wondering, is this the one I want to spend my life with or not? you know, maybe a little cold feet before a marriage uh, or getting engaged. You know, we've all experienced some things like that. Um, but anyway, I asked the famous gentleman, your teenage son comes and asks you that question. What's your answer? How will I know for sure? And he thought for probably 30, 35 seconds before saying anything. And then he said, well, I guess about the best I could do would just be, you will know. And I agree. I think that is the perfect and the correct answer. Scripture says, you, the Bible says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Okay? Um, I've had some conversations with several atheists. They were all wonderful conversations. Never had a single one where anyone got mad, okay? Wonderful. In fact, some of them were good friends today, okay? Um, but anyway, um, typically at some point I would ask in that conversation, do you love anyone? And every one of them would say, oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, of course. And I would say, Prove it. And so far, none of them have had what I call a good answer to that. Now, they would say, I think some of them it's a good answer. I think some of them would be a little more honest and say, I really don't have a good answer to that. But anyway, prove it. Where's the evidence of that? Or is it just chemicals firing? And whether you love or don't love, it, it, you're a puppet on a string to your chemicals, hormones, unconscious mind, etc. Okay? Um, but no one I know, atheist or not, says that love does not exist. Okay? I believe love existing is the evidence of God existing. Because if we had just evolved, we would not work correctly on a love system, but on a seek pleasure, avoid pain, fear-based system. Okay? So that's my two cents. Um, so um, think about it. Let us know what you think. Start discussing it. But most importantly to me, if you do believe in God or spiritual reality, you have to do your own exhaustive search until you find all the pieces, come to what you believe is true, guided by your conscience, and then live 
that worldview that you believe or know is true. Um, the thing about uh, with the atheist um, saying they have people they love and that love them, and I would say prove it, um, let me tell you, those are fighting words. And, and, and among those of us who try to live our life in love, joy, and peace, there's not many things that are fighting words. But to most people, those are fighting words. What am I talking about? Me telling you that they don't really love you and you don't really love them. It's all just chemicals or a puppet on a string. Love doesn't really exist because there is no God or spiritual reality and love is absolutely spiritual. Um, so um, that's the takeaway from me. Have you been on your own journey and are you living what you know or are you just living what your parents taught you or church or and if you are, you don't own that belief, which means you don't know. You hope that's true, but you don't know. God says he wants us to go on our own search to believe to be spiritual children, not spiritual grandchildren, because we just believe what someone else told us, and to own that and live that life of love where we function correctly and contribute to society and other people and have our best life or close to it. Okay? So got a little more into spiritual stuff with this one because I think it demanded it. That's sort of what atheism is all about. Um, I hope I didn't overdo that aspect. Certainly don't mean to offend anyone. Again, my job to love you no matter what. Just the way you are. So, hope you have a wonderful week, and thank you.
Thank you so much and have a wonderful blessed day.